Greetings. Welcome to Film Gazers. I'm Steph. Welcome to our continuation of Eight Nights of Harry Potter, The Minisodes. We are officially on night five doing Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I'm going to go ahead and take it away with the you googled summary. Now in his fifth year at Hogwarts, Harry learns that many in the wizarding community do not know the truth of his encounter with Lord Voldemort. Cornelius Fudge, Minister of Magic, appoints as Toady, Dolores Umbridge, as defense against the dark arts teacher, for he fears that Professor Dumbledore will take his job. But her teaching is deficient and her methods cruel, so Harry prepares a group of students to defend the school against a rising tide of evil. Now that we are basically in the second half of the franchise, um, things are pretty much getting a lot darker. And this movie, uh, as we know, the the ending of the last was rather dark with Cedric Diggory's death. Uh, and this one is just basically a continuation off of that in terms of vibes. So everything's rather dark. Um, even the audio, I noticed, was lower in quality in this one. Um, that's going to be one of the gripes for this episode. Just general lowness. It, I had to turn it up louder than all of the other ones, and I'm watching on Max. Like, it's all the same app. I'm watching it on the same TV, everything. So that was just weird. Um, but the Ministry of Magic, we get our look into that in this movie. Uh, it looks very cool. I do like it. Um, it's very, like, fascist, uh, almost like Anne Rand kind of vibes as well, which I think um, suits... Uh, Cornelius Fudge's uh, Ministry of Magic, if you will. <laughs> and then we also have um, Sirius Black's home, which was given to the Order of the Phoenix. Very cool as well. But again, it's like this dank, dark kind of place. It almost feels like there's no hope. And that's kind of how they want you to feel um, in this one with especially the Umbridge arc and everything like that. This film is also the one that I call... Uh, the movie of grand exits because <laughs> we get quite a few of them in this one we get uh dumbledore's exit of course when he's escaping from um umbridge and the minister when they found out about dumbledore's army uh and of course you know he does the badass like clap with the phoenix and the fire of course the other order member that they, they're not aware of he's an order member is like you know dumbledore's got style and that he does we also had, of course, the Grand Weasley exit as well uh, when they decide that academia is not just for them. And, of course, their rebellious nature and umbrage did not bode well anyway. So they leave basically in a blaze of fireworks and glory, which was just great. Um, and then we have Sirius's big exit as well, uh, which is his death. Um, the one thing I did feel like they left out of this film was more of the correspondences that uh, Harry and Sirius do have uh, to where I feel like Daniel Radcliffe did a great job of, of really emulating how upset Harry would be about losing Sirius. But the film overall doesn't really show you that closeness that Harry does, in fact, build with Sirius throughout it. So when you're watching the movie... 
you're kind of like, eh, okay, you know, like, I mean, that sucks, but it's it doesn't feel like devastating. At least to me, it didn't. Um, but of course, I've admitted too that Sirius Black is one of my least favorite characters. Um, and this movie also has one of the scenes of why, you know, when he calls Harry James, like, even in his last moments of his life, um, again, I point out that he doesn't like Harry for being Harry. He only likes Harry because he's James's son. Um, which I guess some people will be like, well, duh, why wouldn't you? But I, again, I just feel like he doesn't really get to know him. He's only wanting to get to know and like the things that are like James. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on Sirius Black and his death. It does feel very, um, underwhelming, I guess, too. Is that it? Is that the word I'm going for? Uh, just kind of a letdown almost. But I mean, that's kind of how death can be, I suppose. <laughs> it's not very exciting all the time now, is it? And then the last exit of this film is at the very end when Voldemort does leave. Um, in front, though, of the minister himself and some other um, ministry employees as well. Um, and he has quite a grand exit. Um, just in the fact that the ministry is in shambles, which leads me to basically, it is one of my favorite scenes, is the Valdi uh, Dumbly fight is what I call it. <laughs> and I feel like it's where you really finally get to see like real wizard shit, you know? And that's kind of, let's be honest, when you're watching these films, like that's really what you're dying to see a lot. And this is, I wanna say, I think this is one of the only tastes we really get um, between them during certain moments. Uh, it was a big payoff, I guess, you know, in that respect. Uh, Dumbledore just seems like a badass. Um, Voldemort knows, he knows when to hold them and he knows when to fold them. Um, <laughs> so he does get the fuck out of Dodge. And in that moment, I do think you can see that between them of where he's like, blast, Dumbledore has spoiled me again. <laughs> so um, that's what I like about this one. I know a lot of people don't like this one very much. Like my husband said, it's one of his least favorites. Um, Jess, as she mentioned in our full length review of the first film, that pretty much after the fourth, she kind of will stop watching because of how dark they can get and everything. But I really like this one because it. I think it really shows their fighting spirit. Um, we're also getting more introductions um, into more side characters in this film, um, which is fine. But because it's the movies, you can't really get that character development you know, like you get from the books, even for these smaller kind of characters. Um, but you at least get that sense of camaraderie because uh, that's where I am going to say that the MVP for this one was Harry um, because he takes the initiative to teach everyone the things that he's kind of had had to learn Um being basically, you know, Voldemort's like fucking nemesis uh, as a small child. <laughs> I'm also going to give an MVP to Mrs. Fig. Um, she is shown in the beginning of the film uh, when Harry is encountering Dumbledores with good old Dudley. Um, but I just like her character. The actress who plays her, she just seems like a very comforting and warm person. And as Mrs. Fig, she's cool as hell. And speaking of Mrs. Fig, that kind of goes into the ministry trial um, area from the beginning of the film. Of course, it seems like everyone's just doing everything in their power to, to discredit Harry. No one is believing that Voldemort comes back. That is the whole basis of this film. Um, and that's why Umbridge is given in her position. Of course, they all look like they're in a Star Trek like Q 
<laughs> like trial. That's that's what it looked like to me during this watch. I was like, oh fuck. Oh, and when I had previously mentioned about some of the smaller side characters, you do get Luna. And I believe they show enough of her and the actress did such a good job portraying her. You are at least endeared to her in, in some capacity. Um, as well as Neville, he's still really uh, pulling through as a really good supporting um, side character as well. I would also say that the centaurs are the MVP simply because they take Umbridge off into the Forbidden Forest. <laughs> Um, and then I'm going to also give like a worse player for this one. And that is Filch. Um, what a traitor. And I feel like Dumbledore treated him well. I know, I can't remember the phrase they called them for a squid. I think it was, uh, or squib, something like that, uh, for someone in the magical world who was born without powers. Um, and I believe they're kind of treated like crap a little bit, but the whole thing is I thought Dumbledore treated him well and like he has the job there and everything, um, to kind of stay within the community, I guess he was brought up in, but he fucking turns quick. So worst, I mean, he's almost worse than Umbridge, you know, like Umbridge was from the ministry. Like she came in there to fuck shit up anyway and be the minister's little crony, uh, Filch just like totally turncoat. <laughs> and as I mentioned, the big wizard fight, um, the precursor to that, of course, was the children fighting some Death Eaters. They show that they can hold their own a little bit, but it also shows that they are just not on the level of what the other wizards and witches are at. Uh, but that's also where one of my bigger gripes is how the Death Eaters, just their mode of travel and the black smoke and then the Order of the Phoenix came with the white smoke and it's just a little like on the nose, you know? Um, the Order is fun. You don't really get enough of it either in this film. Also, a big plot point in this one, of course, is the oculumency that he is trying to do with Snape. The big plot point with here is that they know that him and Harry are connected, that Harry can see things. They don't know if Voldemort knows that, uh, but they're terrified that he could take advantage of it, you know, which he does do. And he feeds Harry um, half the images we see. And uh, one point, I mean, Voldemort isn't stupid. Like he allows, I feel like the first one, or maybe he didn't know about the first one, but I feel like in the books they explained it more that he pretty much let him. So that way he'd be like, oh, I really am seeing these things. And then after that, he begins to trick him. Um, and, and Harry does not take it seriously. And I, from what I recall of the book, I believe that is kind of the point a little bit, but I don't feel like the movie showed it enough. Um, because it almost feels selfish, you know, like Harry just, oh, Harry, oh, I don't want to do it. But I feel like he never, even in the books, it just doesn't seem like he fucking tries. Like just because it's with Snape, you know, blah, 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 big deal, get over it. Like, this is someone who is actually trying to help you as well. Even if you don't like him and he doesn't like you very well, you gotta do it. And this is the point where I'm like, only so many spells can get you so far. Like, you really do, your mind needs to be the strongest point. Um, and that's what Snape's trying to tell him. And just, Harry doesn't want to listen to it. So that is probably one of the more frustrating parts of this film for me. So with that, um, I think that's all she wrote. I'm kind of rambling a little bit in this one. I hope you will continue to join us uh, for the next 
three films. Uh, we basically just have uh, number six, which is the Half Blood Prince, and then of course the last one was split into two films, uh, Deathly Hollows, and we're getting real close. And remember, as always, you can find us at Filmgazers on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter is where you can find the link to join our Discord. Time for me to hit the dusty trail. Later, taters. Later, taters.